wonder if you join me in saying this tonight. God, would you take me out of my mind and put me into yours? <laughs> That's a good word. I need that. I need that. Oh, it is such, such a privilege to be back in Derbs. I am so excited. My husband is highly jealous and he sends so much love. He has a team of 63 of our wild students who are responsible and powerful, who are in uh, America and they are in Seattle at the moment ministering there. And so over this time in uh, the ministry school that I'm part of the leadership team, uh, we have a two week period. We are students who have spent a year for most of them, it's more than that of preparation and saving and planning, uh, whether it be with their families or personally, and they have given their lives to be a student of the Lord and to be a student of learning how to partner with God and how to move and make room for God. I mean, if you hear the word revival thrown around, it simply put means to be revived again to your original purpose. And so I have the privilege of bringing 31 of our incredible students. We have a school of just under 3,000 students, and uh, we had they apply to trips around the world. There are, it was corrected, I shared this morning um, in church that there, I think we're 37, there are 53 countries represented uh, that our students are originally from and that we send back to. And so as they've given their lives, their time, their finances to sow in to revival and to become a student of the Lord all over again. I wanna let you know that I don't have a team of professional ministers. Actually, in fact, you'll find the team is allergic to becoming a professional Christian. We are, and I say every year with my students, I wanna graduate them with them, I wanna graduate them, and I wanna graduate with them every single year in being a student, being a son and daughter of the Lord. And so we come here humbly, we come here with our hearts open to learn and to receive. Each of the students aren't staying off to one side in a hotel or a B&B. They are with men and women who are part of this church, which we're incredibly grateful for. And uh, they are here to give in a radical way and to pour out. But I want you to know every man and woman on my team has at one point or another come to me and said, Libby, I had a plan, but somehow, some way, I feel like God might be calling me to Durban because God is doing something here so radical. They're here, they'll tell you the truth. And it's an extraordinary thing when you have men and women from all over the world who are 
in a, a place and in a school that has given themselves to one thing and there's one focus and they come into our city, they come into our country and they say, what God is doing here, I haven't seen anywhere else and my heart is just so full of gratitude that God would choose me to be here. Each member of my team here tonight was applied and I specifically chose them for what they carry. I chose them for the lifestyle I've seen in them they are powerful, they are free, they are humble, they have incredible character, and more than anything, they are men and women who are marked by God. They carry the marking of God, and so this is, why I say this is because I bring men and women who have been marked by God to a city which Rich and I believe with every fiber of our being has been earmarked for revival and is marked by God. And often we can have this mindset that the grass is greener on the other side. And so I'm gonna pull back the curtain for a second and tell you that as we sit as a staff at Bethel Church, I'm one of the pastors there, and we have conversations about how we can train and equip the local church and our students. We have seen a remarkable thing with not only South African students, but we have seen students specifically from the city of Durban every single year that they've been a part stand out in the most remarkable way that I have staff. We were having breakfast with Bill one day and he was saying the same thing. He said, what is in the water in Durban? What is going on that the men and women that I'm exposed to and I see in our environment and when I come and visit here, there is something so significant. And so I wanna tell you that we're here to pour into what God is already doing. We do not come in the name of breakthrough. I'm not coming in the name of healing. I'm not here in the name of revival. We are here in the name of Jesus and Jesus alone. This is not someone, yeah, it's good. You can get excited. I love Jesus too. You can lift your voice. Why don't you just lift your voices to Jesus right now? It's just a good idea. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Woo. We love you, Jesus. I'll get very distracted by... Jesus. You know when you're in love and you see some, or you see that person in the room, that's actually how I get with Jesus, so it's good. It's better for you that I be that way. There is something that God is doing so remarkably in this city and has been for a long time, and sometimes it helps to have voices that have been outside or are from outside come in, not because they have the answer or they have something you don't, but simply because they have a fresh perspective, an eagle eye view, and so this is how we are stepping in to tonight and our time with you if we are here for that alone, to be a reminder and to demonstrate to you that it is not the name of Bethel, it is not the name of this or that preacher, but it is Jesus who is in you, who is in me. He is the answer, we are the mere signposts. I hope that that brings relief and faith and encouragement to your hearts. We're gonna get wild tonight, I'm gonna warn you, and I'm gonna explain to you why that is so important and that's so necessary, and uh, why I have brought this specific team as well, is this is not a team of 
preachers. This is not a team of pastors. A lot of them have led churches for several years and have been part of leadership teams. But in my team, I have bankers. I have Sunday school teachers. I have 17-year-olds and I have grandmothers. And don't look at them now because you'll never ever know by their appearance that they are grandmothers, but they are and they have spent the year saving, preparing all of their own finances to come over here to pour in. They've spent months and months. We've been meeting uh, bi-weekly, monthly, getting ready, praying for tonight and praying over Harvest Church and the churches of Durban that we've been ministering to this morning. The team split up and we were in seven different church campuses. And so we uh, got to see a glimpse of what God's doing, but we also uh, got to pour in in a, a really sweet way. We give honor where honor is due and um, George, Leanne and your entire family, we are so, so blessed and so honored to be with you tonight. Thank you for opening up your house and your home to us, you are a father of revival. And so for us to step in and to just add to what God is already doing, you are such a safe place for so many men and women in the body of Christ. We're so thankful to you. And you saw my running mates, my partners in crime and in life, Julian and Katya. There, I, I uh, thanks God. I get teary-eyed when I talk about this couple. You know the gift that they are. Um, Jules and Katya, you, ha you demonstrated to me what freedom in Christ would look like without losing the word of God, without losing theology. You are unapologetically champions of others. People feel 10 foot tall around you and then they begin to live like that because the two of you have chosen to let God do that in your own life. We are very grateful for you. don't know them, you should. You can see by that moment. Um, we have so many people that we love, Rich and Tons, who are alumni from our church back at Bethel and who paved the way for me when I was a young believer in their youth group as well. I have both of my youth pastors in the front row, Ryan and Mel and Rich and Tons. I am I'm definitely a product of this land in a powerful way. If you have hosted any of our students or you are a pastor here today who has had our students in, can you just give us a wave? And we just wanna say thank you so much. Clint and Mish, you played a huge role as well. If you've hosted them. Yay, you're amazing, amazing. They love you. I love you too. I, uh, South Africans are cheeky. None of you waved at me, and I can see all of you. <laughs> it's beautiful. Humility is not a bad thing. Oh, tonight, I'm gonna unashamedly preach you into an encounter. There is, I, I am radically convinced that there is nothing 
uh, more necessary for the hour we are living in in the church today, but more so for the culture and uh, more so for the men and women around us. Um, in our house, we say we owe the world an encounter. And if you understand that it was an encounter that brought you into the kingdom, you didn't think your way into the uh, into the kingdom. You literally can't do that. That is unbiblical. You encounter him, and through encountering him, he first loved you, you love him in return. That is how you entered the kingdom. Guess what? That's how you're gonna sustain your walk from God. Some of you tonight might have felt frustrated in your walk with God. Some of you tonight might feel weary. Others of you have a, a intense situation before you, whether it be family, business, or otherwise. I, am, I wanna set you free tonight. You are on earth that is normal, welcome to the family. However, you don't need to stay there and you, you might get frustrated with your situation or feel a sense of passivity. I wanna tell you that it's probably not because you are uh, trying less than you used to. It's probably not because you are, and this is gonna shake some of you up, but it's okay because I will use the Bible. It's probably not because you're reading the Bible less. It is probably not because you are uh, posturing your heart this way or that or worshiping here or there. I would propose to you that being stagnant, I would propose to you that uh, feeling frustrated, I would propose to you that feeling tired or weary is not for lack of trying, it is simply because your encounter with God might be outdated. You might be living off an old revelation, you might have gone back to an old well that you might have built and we celebrate what God has done. The Bible talks clearly about stewarding the testimony and celebrating our history with God, but I wanna set you free tonight that if any of those things apply to you, welcome to the family. You are normal because we were made and created for experience. We were made and created not just for head knowledge, but for experiential knowledge. In Daniel 11:32, it says, those who know their God will do great exploits for him. That word know their God is yada, and the word yada, the original word, means experiential knowledge. So it does not say those who attend X, Y, and Z will do great exploits for him or that that's a good idea to stay in the fire. It does not say that those who do this or that or try hard in that or fulfill these requirements shall do great exploits for him. Actually, this is not even New Testament. This is Old Testament. How much more us today, here and now, those who yada, who experiential, have experiential knowledge of their God, do great exploits for him. And I felt tonight that God was going to do move with the spirit of renewal as we were in worship. It was going on from the minute you walked into the room. God has an agenda to re-envision you, to refill you, to renew you, simply revival, to revive what you were originally intended for. You don't need to get wiser and have sharper strategies. You actually need an experience with God. You need to have experiential knowledge. And out of that place, out of that moment, what happens? 
you begin to be marked. Now, some of us stand at the moment or the miracle. And how many of you know when God does a miracle or you're in a moment with God, nothing else matters. That, that is a picture, that is a symbol. It's an encounter in the moment. You don't wanna miss that. But what I've seen take place as we have watched God move across different countries and interacted with students, and even in a place you might think is soaking and there's an encounter around every corner, even in that place, I have noticed a key. I've noticed that when I stop experientially knowing Him, I stop ex making space to experience Him I start to get tired and weary. I begin to get grumbly. I lose my vision for what is going on. And you know what, there's nothing wrong with that. It's because that was what you were created for. So something inside of you grumbles and desires and it's not working and clicking together, not because you're broken and bruised, although that might be the case, but simply I would ask you, when was the last time you had an experience with God? When was the last time you had knowledge of Him that came out of an experience? We camp out in the moment. We stay in the miracle and we say, wow, God did that then. I'm so amazed at when He moved over here. But what happens is the church and as a body, we need to move from the moment, from the miracle, and allow it in the miracle and in the moment, we need to allow it to mark us. We need to stay there and feel who God is and take it not just at His hand, but we need to move to His face. A miracle, a moment with God is a sign and a picture of who He is. He's not just out to answer your questions, although He will, He really wants you to know Him. He wants you to feel Him, to experience Him, and He wants the moment, the miracle, to mark you, and as it marks you, He wants it to become a movement in your life. When you in encounter healing in your body, what happens is that you just didn't get healed, you encountered the healer, and because you encountered the healer and he's God, it's like the anointing the Bible talks about, it smears us, it covers us, it gets on us. I can't encounter God without letting his DNA get inside of me. When I've been healed, it literally means the power of God has moved in my physical body, my DNA, something shifted, and you better believe when you've moved from a miracle or a moment and you've allowed him to mark you, what happens is then you start to carry what happened to you then and there and you allow it to happen to you here and now and it's sustainable and it doesn't end because it's not an old revelation or an old historical moment. You've met him and now you're moving with him. And so right now I wanna share with some of you, I want even in this second, I want you to take a moment to just reflect reflect back on an experience that you had with God or for, mo uh, for all of you in Jesus' name, you had an encounter that led you to salvation. I want you to think of that moment, uh, a miracle that took place. And I don't want you to stay at that miracle or that moment. I want you to take it one step further and I want you to take in that you were marked. You met not a person that you can walk away with. You met a God who is and on, he is on you and he wants to work through you. You've met a God who wants to move on you and move through you. This is how it works. So are you thinking right now? 
back to a moment or a miracle that you've seen in your own life. It could be your salvation, it could be healing. I wanna demonstrate to you this again. This is how it works. When I come to know Christ, when I walk from death into life, what takes place is that I then become, I am moving from an orphan, I then become a daughter, I become a son, but it's not just about sonship and daughtership. I've met a father, I've met acceptance himself, I've met affirmation with a capital A, it's a person, I've met unconditional love, he is a man, his name's Jesus. I've met him, I've experienced him, and because I've experienced him, I now become like him, I then can move in love. Does that make sense? And so a lot of you here are saying, God, would you fix this? Would you change this? Would you solve this? Would you answer this? And God tonight is saying, would you allow yourself to experience me? Would you allow yourself to experience this healer, the problem solver? Would you allow yourself to experience the father, the strategist, the greatest businessman of all time? And if you allow yourself you give yourself permission to move from your head to your heart and experience me. Not only will you get an answer to what you're needing in the moment, but you get changed and you get marked. And then what happens is that moment, that miracle that marked you then becomes a movement in your life. And then you carry love wherever you go. You carry the healing power of God wherever you go. An encounter is not a moment. An encounter is something you become. If I've been healed, I am carrying, I become like Jesus. I carry healing in of itself. I carry the gospel in and of itself. I get marked with the DNA of Jesus. And so tonight, I'm reminded of a moment where we were in a, a, a meeting very similar to this. And uh, in the second row, just over there where Justin and Clint are sitting, there was a man. And all throughout the meeting, I don't think he heard a single word that we were saying. He looked awestruck, but not in a positive way. It, you know when someone's not in the room and they're highly distracted? How many parents in the room can testify to that when their kids get home from school? It looked like that. In the second row, completely out of it, and uh, he sat through not the first session, we were doing training, but the second session, the third session, and then uh, I saw him get up and he walked out the corridor and I didn't see him again for a few hours and we were walking to our car later that day and he intersected with us and as we were about to get into the car, he came up to us and he had tears streaming down his face and he said, when I was in your meeting, I didn't hear a single word you said and uh, I knew that that was good news. I knew from the look on his face that something far greater than my words could ever achieve was taking place. And he began to share that as he was in the meeting and as he was sitting in the second row, the presence of God, just like it is in here, the thick, weighty glory of God, not just power, 
but his presence, the intimacy of God was in the room to such a radical extent. He said, I couldn't speak. It's as if I couldn't think. And I, I had an encounter with God and God marked me and he touched me. I don't know why I came here. I, have, I was at the end of my rope. I came into the meeting. I had zero faith. I had zero hope. I was told to come here by someone else because of the situation I'm in and I won't share that for confidentiality sake. And he said, as I walked out the corridor, after being awestruck or being taken up by God, just being aware of his presence, I didn't see God. I didn't hear him. I just have never, ever felt what unconditional love felt like. I've never, ever felt what the presence of God felt like. As I walked out of that room, someone intersected me in the corridor and they stopped me and they started to prophesy over me and uh, they started to speak into my situation and my future. And as they did that, I felt a hand come, come physically on top of my head, just sit here, just like this. And as they were speaking over me, he said, I felt the affirmation. He is, I think he was 47 or 48 years old. I felt the affirmation of a father for the first time in my life it was as if God's physical hand, which I believe it was, was on my head. And for the first time, I heard not their words, not the detail, but I kept hearing a father through the presence and the words that they were saying. I kept hearing a father say, I see you and you're valuable. I'm proud of you and you carry significance. And he said, I was so, I was so undone by that because of what I've been involved in. I feel so unworthy. And, and he met us in the corridor and he said, every moment in my life has been leading up to this. I wanna let you know it was not a meeting as wild and magnificent as this. It was a training time. It was not a pastor that met him in the corridor. It was one of our local church members, but God had an agenda, God had an assignment. And that man later we found out had severe terminal cancer, terminal cancer cancer, and that young local church member who was just older than a kid, who was just sharing a word over him, had no idea of that element of his situation, and that man now is, has moved, packed up all his things because he encountered a father. He moved over to our city, is involved, we were doing healing rooms training, is involved in the healing rooms, and that man, we found out later, had been involved in such horrific activity that I don't think you would even allow yourself to sit next to him. You're gracious, but just because of the extent of what was going on. That man, simply because he encountered God, he heard that God was with him and that he was proud of him. The most simple of moments, a moment, a miracle, turned into a marking. And that man right now is overseeing our teams in the healing rooms, and since he encountered the healer. He has seen right from leukemia up to the, most, the oldest and the most developed stages of cancer, he has seen 100% healing on every single person he has prayed for. Every single person he's prayed for. And why I tell you that is simply because there is no one 
who is disqualified. There is no one who is too far gone, but for the experience and the encounter of God, not the pastor's kids, not the person in front, not those who are roaring, raging, and shaking. How much faith do you think Lazarus had to be raised from the dead? He had dead faith. He had zero faith. You simply need to experience and encounter God. When you have that moment, you become qualified for what you're called to. You have the solution and the answer and the power for what God is doing in your midst and what you're facing. And so I want you, just as my uh, team comes up, there are some of them who are coming up who carry a real prolific word of knowledge, a gift on their life, and a gift of prophecy. They've been praying for this time, and they're gonna share some prophetic words. I want you to just to say this with me, God. I invite you to mark me tonight. I invite you to qualify me, even in the moments, and especially in the situations I feel least qualified for. God, if you can do it with that man, (laughs) you can surely do it with me. As I close, we are gonna open up the front and I'm gonna get the team of 30 who has spent the last few months praying and preparing for this time to lay on hands. If you don't know what a fire tunnel is, very simply, what it is, it is a way that we can pray and we can release impartation and pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews, it says the angels are, the ministering spirits are like winds and fire. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, it was like they had flames of tongues of fire above their head. It is biblical and accurate. And so fire, we're gonna open up a, a tunnel in the front, we're gonna lay on hands and pray for the impartation, the fire of God, the experiential knowledge that you would meet God. I was talking to an incredible man, his name's Steve Carey, last night, and he said to me, Libby, my life has been so changed, I realized more than ever before in my life that one moment with God, one experience of God, it's the whole reason why I changed everything I was doing tonight, because of what Steve shared with me, he said, one moment, One experience I had with the power and the presence of God has changed me and filled me and restored in me more than all my years put together. And I know this is the heart that the Father has for the church of South Africa. I know this is the heart for the men and women of South Africa. God doesn't fall on fake. He's after the real, he wants the authentic. And so just like we love the authentic with one another, God wants to get authentic and real with you. If I had a marriage and I was living off of my my marriage uh, vows and I was saying, well, surely Rich loves me because I remember seven years ago that he said this or that or the other. How many of you know that I would be living in an unhealthy and a dysfunctional relationship? It is the ongoing experience of his love for me that makes me confident and unshakable in my belief and my love for him. I wanna tell you if you experience a shaking or you feel like you struggled in belief, you're okay. You just need to experience a fresh moment of love and encounter with God. You see, even Moses, who went up the mountain, the Bible tells us he heard God. He saw God. God sent him down. Still, even after that wild encounter, God says to him, Moses, 
I will go with you. You see, even if you have a moment, a mountaintop experience, God knows that he still needs us. He's created us to go with him on the mountain and in the valley as well. He doesn't just want you to stay up there. He wants you to experience him every single day. We see in the New Testament, John 4, we see a woman who encounters Jesus at a well, and she has this magnificent moment, and he says, the well of living water will spring up inside of you. You see, the Samaritan woman didn't stay there and allow the, the rocks of the wall around the well to be her limitation. She encountered him, and then her encounter she became, and she went out into the town and she shared with them all she had experienced, not because she was qualified, not because she went to BSSM, simply because she had met Jesus and experienced him in a real way. And then you see, not in chapter five, but we see God running us down chapter six and into chapter seven. And Jesus says, no, live, uh, waters that are like a river, living waters like a river will flow through you. The moment of salvation she had Jesus told us that we would have a rushing, wild, furious. It's not a trickle, it doesn't run out. It is an unending, unstoppable river of God that flows through us and it flows in us. It is ongoing. And in the next breath, he says, Holy Spirit will be within you. He will work through you. It is the encounter with the presence and power of God that doesn't allow us to stay stagnant and celebrate and stay in the well. But he says, I want out, church. I want to break down the stones. I want to break down the walls. And I want you to go with my river. I want it to flow through your life. We see at that moment in John 4 when she was at the well, the Bible tells us she was at Jacob's well. In Genesis 11, team, I want you to start getting ready in a second. In Genesis 11, 28, we see a powerful moment. It highlights, yes, God, I love that. The river, there we go. Physical manifestation of what God is doing in the spirit. Make us like the children. In Genesis 11, 28, we see Jacob himself He's having a moment with God. It's so significant that she meets Jesus at the well, at Jacob's well. We go back into Genesis 11 and we see Jacob has a moment with God. It says in Genesis 11, I have a Bible. I'm using scripture. This meeting is legal. For time, I'm not gonna turn there, but go and check it out for yourself. Your life will be changed. Genesis 11, we have a moment where we see Jacob encounter God and he too, like the well was made of stones, has a stone. And in Genesis 11, he has a radical encounter with the power and the presence of God. It says he was having a moment and he looked around him in that moment and he saw no good thing around him. There was nothing significant about his environment. You might be feeling that about your life or your situation. And it's says that he took the stone and he put it under his head. He laid his head on it and he rested on the stone. Some of you will be able to pick up what God is putting down in this moment. I'll explain it in a second. He rested on the stone and as he rested, 
He went into an encounter. He saw a ladder open up above him and angels began to descend and ascend. Many of you would have read this moment. And when he woke up, he said, surely God was here and I didn't even know it. Some of you are so surrounded by the presence and power of God, but you haven't yet rested in your works. You haven't yet rested in your striving. The law was written on a stone. The stone Jacob took and he didn't put it before him as a burden. He put it down and he rested on it. And as he rested on it, he began to receive. See, tonight, you don't have to be qualified or experienced in the power of presence of God. You simply need to receive. You simply need to say, God, you do it. I'll come just as I am. The presence of God is not something you need to be perfect for. Actually, the presence of God perfects you. You don't need to have it all together or be ready for his power. He wants to do it in you. And Jacob put the stone under his head and he rested on it. And it's a sign and a symbol for today. Some of you, as we begin to go into a time of receiving the power and the presence of God, need to know that the only qualification, the only uh, posture of a heart you need to take is to take your checklist, take the law, take the requirements. You don't need to shake, rattle, or roll, or go to this church or that, or know this. Simply, you need to know that the stone that was once heavy and laid upon you, the requirements that you thought you once needed to achieve or require, God in his kindness through Jesus has made it a stone that you get to rest your head on, and in rest and receiving, God opens up his power, and no longer is it a ladder we need to climb, but that ladder is no longer an encounter, that ladder is Jesus. Jesus is our ladder to heaven. He is our access to encounter and angelic visitation. You don't need to climb a mystic ladder or encounter or listen to this or that. Simply, you need to rest put your head on the stone just like Jacob and allow Jesus to become your ladder. And as you allow Jesus to become your ladder and encounter the encounter realm just like it is in this room, begins to open up above you and you get to have access to things you never ever felt qualified for, you never even knew you needed, and you get to step into the experiential knowledge of God church tonight, God is moving you from a moment, from a miracle into a marking time. That's what we're going to do tonight. And as you encounter the marking of God, I don't just want you to have an incredible night. God wants you to encounter Him because He wants to turn you and your life into the movement of God, into the power of God, into the life and the Spirit of God. And so this is what I'd love you to do right now. Would you stand with me for the last time.